You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show. We are doing a series on the podcast called Genius Sessions, aka people come in the hot seat for coaching with me, and I'm going to help them with their genius, overcome doubts, roadblocks, essentially helping you do the work that you love more often, figuring out what that work maybe even is. This is a series we're doing in conjunction with the launch of my very first published book called P.S. You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts even when you feel like you have none. And you can order your copy at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books. So if you're listening to this and you have a similar question around what's my genius and how do I overcome the fears and doubts and worries that hold me back so that I can build a business around it, a side hustle or a career, P.S. You're a Genius is where you go. All right, now back to the genius session we're doing today. So we're going to begin with our first episode today, and it is with a client named Caroline. And Caroline asks a lot of really good questions around, you know, how do we know that we're actually in our genius? And, you know, I've taken different tests like Finders or I've done the Myers-Briggs. How is like finding your genius different? And once I do find that, what are my next steps? We talk about your genius in a business setting. And she asks a really great question around like, if my business is taking more than six months to generate a steady income, is it because I'm not hitting my genius and I'm not like hitting the proverbial nail on the head? And in other words, does it mean if I operate out of my genius, will it run faster? We talk a little bit as well with some business questions around, um, you know, certain gifts that she has, because if you follow the work of PS Your Genius, your top three to five best gifts create your genius and create a world-class expertise doing something only you can uniquely do. And she tells me what her top gifts are. And she asks, how can I turn that into a business model? What would that look like in terms of what I sell and what I offer? Um, And lastly, we kind of wrap up with this idea of does business get easier over time? And what's that kind of barrier you have to break through? She says that she often hears business coaches saying that it's less hustle and less work once you hit this certain barrier. And what what is that level? What needs to happen? Um, and I kind of explain the, the sort of the magic things that I think need to be in place in order for things to be more flowy and for things to be a little bit more effortless. With all things entrepreneurship, you still will need to do the work <laughs> um, and, you know, take the action and um, move the proverbial sand around on the beach or whatever it is that you're doing for a living. I don't, I highly doubt that you're moving sand around on a beach. That was like a terrible metaphor to use, but we talk about that today in today's episode. So sit back, enjoy, and I hope you like this episode with Caroline. So to give you a little background, Caroline Yuki is a formal chemical engineer, and she used to build manufacturing plants that were worth 20 to $150 million, and now she's turned into a serial entrepreneur. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and she likes to execute whatever is on her mind, yet she constantly finds herself juggling multiple projects. In this episode, she talks about how she always feels like she's starting new businesses from scratch all the time and has many different things that she wants to do and start and sees many different 
pain points and problems out there that she could easily solve. Um, so, so far in her life, you know, she's launched personal finance education programs for women. She's done marketing consulting. Um, she's generated over 150K in revenue for sales for an e-commerce marketing firm. And she's on the board of a nonprofit. So she does lots of different things. And essentially her goal is to figure out what a business would look like and how to simplify and streamline things. So if you are multi-passionate, if you have many interests, if you always feel pulled in different directions, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. So, uh, yeah, pop in those earbuds. I guess your earbuds would already be in. Anyways, don't do anything and just listen. <laughs> let the, let the tape play. That's, that's such an old word too. Uh, let your podcast player play this episode. All right, let's do this. Okay, well, welcome to the show slash your genius session, Caroline. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Kelly. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get to it right away. We're going to go in with question one that you submitted in beforehand. You said, I seem to struggle with finding what my StrengthsFinder test is trying to tell me. I've done Clifton, StrengthsFinders, Myers-Briggs, and the themes overlap with inspiration, firefighting, and big visionary. I don't know what kind of role that translates to. What are the next steps after finding our genius? I love this question. Is there anything else you want to add to this, Caroline, or anything else you want to say about this? Yeah, so I'll share like what my immediate reaction is like after I take these assessments. So it will tell me that, you know, I like to do firefighting. I like to, I'm a big visionary thinker. So then I would immediately jump to like, okay, what, what can I be that requires a lot of firefighting <laughs> or what kind of role requires a lot of brainstorming and idea thinking? And then that led me to jump into, I think marketing is the role. <laughs> and so that's, mm -hmm. that's like usually what I do as my next step. I don't know if that's the right way to approach it, but that's like what I do with assessment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess my big question to you, Caroline, is what do you want to do with your life? Like how do you feel really called to serve? And what would you say your highest vision is? My motivation, like when I look back at my different ideas or, you know, entrepreneurship endeavors, it all has a theme of helping. Mm -hmm. I want to use my, my skills or my gifts to help others. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, want to build that into something that lasts so that's something mm -hmm. that I struggled with because with idea generation it seems like okay after an idea is is done it's executed what next <laughs> and yeah. maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way but after I launched an education program I thought great you know I've got all these women in it I finished you know and yeah then I just had to go look for the next project so yeah so that's where I kind of struggle is like I feel like I'm constantly starting a new business mm. and I guess what I really wanted with these assessments was to get some sort of direction of what what to do next mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where do you feel like most in your element in your flow is do you feel like it's in a consulting kind of coaching role where you can provide like strategies and ideas do you feel like it's working within an organization I feel I'm most in my jam by just like giving an entire, like developing an entire plan. Like if mm -hmm. a friend asked me like, Hey, I want to start a food truck. And I was like, great, let's, you know, hammer this out, you know, in a weekend and just give all that information. This is what you need to do next ABC. This is what you need to do the first 30 days, the next. And then, so I feel I'm, I'm well with that. So the consulting, I really enjoy, I guess, delivering the solutions 
Mm-hmm. Um, with coaching when I did it, I realized like I wasn't really ready for the portion of um, holding the space, like mm-hmm. not giving the answers too soon, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because coaching is more about helping people build awareness and change their thoughts know what they do intuitively. Like part of me really wanted just to blurt out like, this is how I would do it, but that's the consulting way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about like how I would approach it. It's more about helping them approach it in their own way. So I would say consulting felt like it was, it was more of my jam. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was like sensing for you anyways, is more of like that consulting role. So you have a business called boldmillionaire.com and you help women build up their wealth. Is that still your main focus of time right now? Yes. Okay. So as still the business I have, I don't know quite what to do with it right now. I have the finance education portion built Mm -hmm. out, but I don't know what else to do Mm -hmm. with it. And so that's why I got stuck again. Yeah. And then how do you feel about the client work? Like, do you like working with the clients one-on-one? Do you feel lit up by that? I guess in my mind, I feel excited always to work with someone to get Mm -hmm. them engaged, get them motivated and moving where I feel like I sometimes get a little bit frustrated myself is if they're not going at the pace that I would want them to go. But that's because I'm used to flying, you know, 70 miles per Mm -hmm. hour and needing to, you know, slow things down. Like I didn't know how. So um, I do enjoy working with people one-on-one, but it's almost feel like they need to be on my energy wavelength, like the same speed and everything so that we can just keep the rhythm moving. Okay, gotcha. Now, when you talk about the coaching you're doing, are you talking about the financial coaching? Because you also mentioned on your website that you do sales coaching for ambitious and introverted CEOs. It, it is a separate thing. Okay. And I think it could belong on the same website because I think what I've seen myself do is constantly keep changing my website or yeah. changing my website domain for the service or program offered. And over time, like I'd like to be able to just have one website mm-hmm. and then just attract, you know, the same tr- characteristic trait people. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, they are um, in a role that requires sales, because I guess because I interact with both entrepreneurs and career women. Mm-hmm. So the entrepreneurs, you know, like helping them with sales, like felt like it was something that was more um that they needed. And it was more of a a skill I discovered this year. Yeah, totally. So in terms of how you want to take, you know, your genius and like kind of put the genius in you to work, like, do you want to fuel that towards your, the business you have around with bold millionaire? Do you want to fuel that to something else? Um, how would you kind of like to take this conversation? Yeah. So the, the end, um, I guess the big vision, like I wanted to also incorporate real estate in the end. So there was a time I was coaching women how to invest in real estate. Mm-hmm. And what I found is they, they, they knew, they learned from me how to invest in real estate. They knew how, but they didn't believe they could make money from it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's, it's such a subtle thing, but it actually makes a huge difference because there's all these people who will say they want to learn how to invest in real estate and they'll learn, but then at some point they quit because of the mindset portion. And that's mm-hmm. when I discovered a whole money mindset is a big, you know, mm-hmm. big, um, crucial thing. The bigger vision is that I want, I have a, a separate website doing the real estate investing. And then this site, I wanted to, um, get the mindset right. And then, so they build up the money investing confidence first. 
because mm-hmm. once they have that, they can, you know, choose any investment, you know, right. asset vehicle feel that they can do great at it. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So it's really building up boldmillionaire.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that I feel like intuitively called to tell you is like, especially with the, those of us who want to help. And I know this from like previous experience of me always wanting to help. Sometimes it's easy to design businesses to like fill needs in markets, um, especially when you are such a visionary like yourself, Caroline, and you can like see like, oh, well, I can totally solve this problem. I feel like there's an element of advice I want to give you around. And just because there's a need or an opportunity doesn't always mean that you're the right one to fill. Even if you could, it might not make you the happiest. You know what I mean? Versus if you kind of like had some almost the word I want to say is like more defined boundaries around like who your ideal client is, what will, what work you do want to do, how you do want to spend your time, what price level. Like, I feel like if you're getting so many clients that you're booked and you're busy and you don't have time to eat lunch, I feel like prices could totally go up. You know what I mean? I think we'll get more into this conversation later on in the upcoming questions that you sent in about like refining your business model and making it more simplified. But how do you feel about this advice overall? It makes a lot of sense. It, it does. Okay, cool. Let's do a question two. You said, if a business is taking more than six months to generate a steady income, how do I know if it's because I'm not operating out of my genius? In other words, if I operate out of my genius, does it mean that the business will hit the ground running faster? Everybody's a little bit different, I think, in terms of what constitutes success. I would say, I think at the beginning, when you're starting a business, you wear so many hats and you will naturally not be in your genius most of the time because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to set up these like backend systems and build this out and get an accountant and do legal. You know what I mean? There's so many like running around doing tasks to just get it off the ground. But there's some things I would say that would need to be in place, especially if you're looking at like kind of the question of like, do I keep going? Or do I really need to pivot because it's not working and I'm not my genius? I think a couple things in a, in a business needs to be in motion to like hit that sweet spot of it working. I'd say, number one, you need to be aiming at the right target. Like having a very crystal clear target market, knowing who you're who you are connecting with inside and out, having that really correct product market fit, like having an amazing offering for that market and that market wants it inside out, really mastering your offers, making sure you're giving them exactly what they need. That's also tailored to what you want to do. Um, doing the work, like whatever work it is that you're doing, like making sure that it's in your genius and yeah, getting good at marketing and sales, which I feel like you have the background for of knowing how to like sell. And then I'd say kind of like the other factor is just like being good at entrepreneurial things, which I think you are. I don't think that's a concern for you. Sometimes I get clients that are just not always cut out for entrepreneurship. You definitely sound like you're totally cut out for entrepreneurship and have been for so long. Um, And you being a serial entrepreneur, like that's something I'm not concerned about for you. So I'd say if it's more of the equation of like, and this kind of goes back to me taking a peek at your website and your Instagram, I would say my advice to you would be getting super crystal clear on who your target market is, knowing this person inside out, um, especially even if we're just looking at boldmillionaire.com. Who is this person? Who, what does she do? You know, what does she like? What does she think about? What does she worry about at night? What keeps her up at night? What are her goals? And then thinking about, you know, if you have clients, past clients you can draw on, or even you, your past self that you're thinking about, but like really getting clear on those goals and pain points and then designing offers that are specifically tailored to those those people and really focusing on like one one niche group I think for you Caroline more than anything it might just be a messaging marketing tweak after like sitting down and like brainstorming who you really want to serve what you really want to do how you really want to help and then it's like okay how do I translate this into very crystal clear 
copy and messaging and an offer um, and a, a clear target market. How does that feel for you? How does that resonate? You've nailed it. My who has been, um, I guess it started out as one person, you know, someone in, interested in real estate investing. Then it became adding on the woman mm-hmm. who doesn't know finance. Then it became adding on the woman who has no confidence in money and investing. So I kept adding in more people because I saw more problems that needed to be solved. If I did, you know, focus, like you said, just get really, really crystal clear, it would help me shape the curriculum. It would get really focused. You know, my offer would be much clearer because it would just be to solve one problem versus five at the same time. Yeah, I think you should go narrow um, and pick like one customer avatar. And my other piece of advice for you, Caroline, is to pick a more clear name that people can grasp onto. So for example, being a money coach. And then under the umbrella of being a money coach, I would siphon that into three defined silos. So like having like a package around intro to personal finance, then a package around intro to investing, and then a third package around intro to real estate, but having it all be under the umbrella of being a money coach. I think that would be much more clear from a copywriting standpoint and so that your target demographic knows exactly what you offer. How does that feel for you? If I call myself a money expert, then I think my mind defaults to like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to discuss everything money with them, go through their balance sheets. And that's not something I really wanted to get into that level of detail. Totally. And I totally get that. The way I kind of see it for you, Caroline, is almost as if, and you can tell me if this is wrong, but it's almost as if, say you had like a friend who needed help getting some just like investment advice or like need a little bit of money advice or like a little bit of real estate advice where, I don't know, somebody who'd be like, hey, Caroline, can I like take you out for coffee for an hour? And could you just give me some advice? Am I hitting the nail on the head for you? Yes, you are. Because okay. there's a, I like the tagline, build your wealth engine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't call myself a wealth engine builder. Nobody knows what that means. So, yeah. So I, yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I think more than anything, I think this is where you, it's, this is like putting on like the marketing hat and being like, okay, how can I get really good at messaging and wording around? Like I, I'm not, this is not financial planning and I'm not going to like hold your hand and make like a budget, but it's like top level sort of almost strategy and advice of like, here's a couple like first steps. And even if you say, for example, you don't want to be doing so much one-on-one calls, maybe they're little like private intensives that you do. They're like two hour calls with you that people buy and you give them like the high level strategy and details for a couple hours and then they go off on their own. Um, but yeah, I think the solution would be very, like just a crystal clear market. So to answer that one, do you have a favorite couple clients that you've worked with or problems that you've really loved solving that you're like, oh, I've really enjoyed working with that client or like, oh, that was a, that was a great session with them. Any examples come to mind at all? Yes, I, I was working with a client who had, I guess, inherited wealth and didn't know mm-hmm. what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I asked her what were her dreams and she wanted to start up, you know, and, and um, a product business and this and that and and for me, it was exciting, I guess, to show the opportunity and to show her, like, yes, it can get done mm-hmm. properly. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. I was like helping her build that plan out. And then I also enjoyed um, helping people match up their, their talents or their skills to see the possibilities. For example, um, there's a lady who was really good with aromatherapy mm-hmm. and she didn't know what to do with the skill. And I said, well, you know, you could be s- selling essential oils. You could be, um, mm-hmm. have your own aromatherapy classes for people who want to, you know, 
basically build that mind wellness back into their routine. And so she followed and then eventually she, she opened a store. She sells essential oils. And then she asked me what next. And I said, well, you know, a lot of these people like to drink tea too. So why don't you add tea? And she added more and more. And so now she has like a full store and she has wow. a site selling the product. And to me, that got me really excited because I guess what I helped her do was in a way like, you know, um, helped her find her golden goose in a way. Like mm-hmm. she, she, yeah. And then basically build that vision for her and then help yeah. her believe that it could happen. So I think I get excited about that. Yeah, that's a great example. So what I think you want to do is get super crystal clear on a target market. And this can happen in a few ways. Number one, you can work with a single customer avatar and this be the entire customer avatar for your whole business. And you take them through your three packages on a customer journey that shows them progressing over time. So for example, they start with learning about finance, then they move into investing, and then they move into real estate. The second option is for you to have three different target markets for all three packages. And the person is only really signing up for one package and then working with you on that. And your three packages are for slightly different groups of people versus you going on a journey with one customer the whole time. Do you have a preference of which you prefer? Um, when you mentioned the three different packages, like I, I just saw that and like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's, you know, because as some people are in different parts of the journey, like you said, it mm-hmm. could be the same ambitious woman, but maybe she just needs to get her finances, a game plan together. And then she's going to think about her options, maybe start a business and all that. So I like the idea of having three different programs. Okay, amazing. Let's do the next question. You said, I tend to attract clients that are millennials like me. If I want to build a legacy business, how do I attract Gen Zs and future generations? Okay, this is a great question. I have a very simple, easy answer for you. And it's focus on your target market and your millennials only. And I would not worry about Gen Z and future generations. I would just say focus on your target market, serve those people really, really well, and just, yeah, double down on the target market. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I feel like that's the natural progression because um, I'm part of a life coaching program and it started at the beginning for, you know, for single women, then it became for, for mothers. And so I'm seeing her curriculum change as, you know, she's also moving on in life. And I guess so then that made me wonder, it's like, okay, if I only had millennials, then what, what comes after that? So what you're saying is I just focus on the target market on what characteristics traits and don't worry so much about what generation they are. Yeah, that's kind of how I would approach it. Um, I would say don't worry too much about yeah Gen Z's or any of the future generations and just stick to the target market and like um, just really focus on that. Yeah, I think that's the easiest because that's where you can really build momentum and also thinking about the name even like with bold millionaire which i know is kind of another question you had on here but like if you're going to help people build wealth gen z is like you know those are kind of the the kids in the group of just like just coming out of school you know what i mean i mean and that's like an important topic to like how do you get your finances in place but it's it might be really different than the types of clients you want to help you know and kind of coming back to what i had said before about being almost 
that sort of being selfish of like, this is the kind of target market I want to work with. I want to work with clients who have like X amount of money to invest, or like, I want to work with folks that can also like pay me and pay me at a good rate and like have the funds versus like, you know, kids just coming out of college. I mean, you could always be doing, if you really want to support, if you have like a special place in your heart for like younger generations, it could be like going into colleges and doing like free talks or like free workshops for students and teaching them a bit of stuff. But I would say for your business, focus on your target market, um, focus on the specific women you want to help. Um, and also those, the, the target market, I always say your target market also has people to pay you <laughs> and pay your rates. Otherwise they're not your target market. So I would say stick to millennials. How do you feel about that? I, it makes a lot of sense. Cause like, I guess continuing number from the question too, like now that I'm helping them in different uh, points of the journey or different life stages, then, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's always going to go through buying their first house or, you know, figure out friends and they're going to, some point you know so I think I feel a lot better about it now because I realize it's a common cycle like we all go through and Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be so worried about um yeah like about the uh, trying to keep in mind what is Gen Z interested in and all that so yeah so yeah it's a fair question though it's totally a fair question I always think about like the, the mindset of like there are so many millennials you could help you know so many folks that you could potentially serve so there's that abundance mindset of like, there's a lot of fish in the sea in terms of clients you could get who would really need your help and really need your support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Cool. Do you want to go on to the next question? Sure. You said, I've owned the boldmillionaire.com domain for three years. I felt excited and empowered at first because I want to empower women to build wealth. However, as women told me, the domain name turned them off and sounded superficial. I started hiding my ideas and never quite got to launch. Can I just assume women who find the name superficial to not be my ideal client and be okay with it? Very good question. I would say, how do you feel about it? What What's your gut take? Do you like it? Because you also have the you also have the domain carolynyuki.com. Is mm-hmm. that one's? Cause there's no site because I click, I tried to click on it. Is there a site attached to it or is it just the domain? Um, that's connects to my consulting. Yeah. It's more marketing consulting. The bold millionaire was just, I guess being hidden. Cause I was afraid to use it. Like all this time I was afraid to use it thinking what people would think me as. And so I just never, yeah, never put it out there. Okay. And then where, when you bill clients or like when clients go to your website current clients like buy stuff are they buying that off bold millionaire are they getting it off carolineyuki.com uh currently they're buying it off of carolineyuki.com i think my best advice for you caroline is to just leave everything on carolineyuki.com because it's your name your name is never going to change you know say five years from now you maybe one day might get tired of money coaching and if you're all linked to the domain of boldmillionaire.com you're like oh no i've built out this whole business on this domain your name will never change. It's like something that's always going to be with you. So no matter how many pivots you do in your business, if your domain is your name, it just keeps life easy. So I'd say build your business out on carolineyuki.com. All right, let's do the next question. You said, I enjoy educating, storytelling, inspiring, creative problem solving, and enjoy the freedom of remote working. I struggle with finding the right online business model for me. Would it be educating and course creator? Okay, I think this goes back to what goals do you want to help people achieve and what are the best vehicles for you to do that through? So is that a one-on-one coaching package? Is that an online course? I, I also notice when I'm coaching clients, they'll tell me that too much information, like, oh, that's way too much overwhelm is what I would get as feedback. And mm. for me, I felt like, oh, I'm on a roll. Let me just keep going and going. 
So that's why I started thinking like, well, what else can I do as an online educator if I cannot slow down with coaching? And yeah, so that's why the question is like, would that mean I'm more of like a thought leader, course creator? Like what else can I do if I cannot slow down, you know, the information that's coming in? Right. I think this might be more of a... There's a couple things you could do on a course creator sort of coach end. You know, you can make the packages longer. You can draw the, for example, like my signature course, Your Conscious Empire, it's like a meaty course. And that thing, I drip it every week. So it's like you can't have the whole course at once. Otherwise, it would be a lot to watch. Um, so you can kind of like drip things out over time with like features on certain, you know, platforms. Um, making sure that they like have time to like actually implement and go through versus like feeling overwhelmed with a lots. I also kind of feel like, the thing is, is that with the work that you are doing, there are steps, right? So I feel like your ideal client would need to be prepared to take those, take those steps. You know what I mean? So, so I think it's one of those things where you would also want to be clear on the ideal client of like, for example, it's like, you're the right kind of client. Like if you are eager to take like lots of steps to like get your financial life in a scoop like you are willing to do the work even though it's going to require things like setting up new big accounts for example or you know learning new things like I think it's going to be that willingness that's going to come from the client because in the same turn setting up a business takes time and like it is it it is there's a lot of steps um so it's kind of like being clear on your messaging of like you are the right fit if you are willing to do the steps how do you kind of feel about that yeah with you know, the course dripping and splitting up steps. I think that, yeah, that, that feels a lot better. And I think I've always felt everything had to be black and white. Like, it's like, okay, either I'm a coach or I'm a, a course creator, which one? And then right. before I launched a course, I have to have coaching clients or why is there no proof of demand? And so I think um, all of these, I don't know if you call them digital marketing rules or advice out there, like it just had me spinning for a while. But yeah. you've helped simplify it down that, okay, you know, there, there are going to be steps and I don't have to deliver them all within one session. I can split them up, which is great. So yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, it depends if you want to work with clients in just like a quick kind of like private intensive style of like, this is a couple hour call. I'm going to give you top level advice. This is kind of it then you're on your merry way to execute on your own. If you like the handholding and like, for example, making it into like a six month package where you have time to do the steps every week and it's at a slower pace where you give them action items, they come back, they do their homework, you regroup, you have another call, you give them more action items and it's sort of that handholding. I think, do you have a preference in the style that you like to do, Caroline? Are you more of like the, for example, like let's meet up, up at a coffee shop for two hours. I'll give you advice and you can go on your merry way. Or would you rather handhold a client through an experience? I, I think I tend to be like, I like to give them the entire plan. Yeah. <laughs> Why? But yes, like maybe because that's how I take on information too. Like mm-hmm. I like immerse in it right away. Yeah. That's like how I deliver it as well. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine. I would say really think about what brings you joy, what format you like. And I think you can totally be you know, a coach slash consultant and a course creator, think about how you want to do things either like private intensive styles and small chunks of time where they execute on their own or hand holding and doing it over a longer period of time. I'd also think about how do you like to teach and educate? Is it like written? Is it verbal? Is it on video? Um, I feel like everybody has their different strengths. So for example, it's like if you are, if you love speaking and you, speaking and getting words out of your mouth is really easy for you, that's easy 
cranking out courses is like easy coaching is easy because it's like all verbal or is it more like written stuff written written kind of like pdfs that go in a course um what style of communication do you feel like is easiest for you caroline you know doing teaching i guess on like video presentation or having presentation slide decks go and teach okay gotcha okay perfect yeah i would say if yeah if speaking and verbal and presentation slide decks is are your jam i'd say yeah courses are good and working with clients one-on-one as well my best advice on the business model is kind of like what brings you joy and then also thinking about how you also the bigger vision of how you want to be spending your time and how you want to be making money because i know you had mentioned before in the mentorship you had you know you kind of you were doing a tons of one-on-one stuff and there can hit a point with one-on-one work where you're like oh my gosh i'm doing so much one-on-one work so think about like your ideal life so for example like i'm thinking now in my business my ideal life is like a couple private intensives like here and there like just where people can come in, get some help for a couple hours and then go on their merry way. And otherwise they can just sort of like buy a course. And then other than that, I can just kind of keep writing more books. Do you have like a a preference on what you would want in terms of like how that ideal setting would look like for you, Caroline? I really like the idea of, you know, just having an intensive session. That way they're Mm -hmm. focused, they're ready to go and delivering it that way. And Mm -hmm. I just realized while you were talking, like why, courses like I felt like it wasn't going to work like somehow I have this belief that if I deliver it in a course or if it's videos they won't watch it because Mm -hmm. people need active I guess they need a coach like watching them do the work I don't know why but I somehow have that belief that that's why me as a coach has to deliver everything live because if it's not Mm -hmm. live they might not do it but then I realize it's not true because I go through courses all the time and I watch everything so that couldn't Mm -hmm. be true yeah totally and I totally get that I definitely used to have this problem especially in the early days I used to feel like I was only a good coach and a good teacher if my students were getting results with one-on-one coaching it's so much easier to control and get like a pulse check and read on where your clients are at but with online courses it's a bit of a different ball game especially when they are self-study because you literally cannot control what they are doing on the other side you can set up stuff in place like with teachable and stuff to drip stuff out to enforce lecture completion you can do things to set them up for success give them checklists and cheat sheets a bunch of stuff I teach inside of your conscious empire yet you have to unhinge from the results they get because you're not really in control right it's a self-study course and the reality is is that some people are going to just buy your course and never even take it some people might buy your course and watch it a million times you really can't control how the other person shows up how does that feel for you uh, that totally resonated with me like I said I, I always felt responsible you know for the results because I'm very yeah oriented so I felt like every student had to be a success story and I think it's yeah it's that's what made it very difficult for me to figure out how to always yeah be there for them for every step of the way and make sure they're doing it all yeah totally and with courses it's like impossible so don't put that kind of pressure on yourself um but yeah I could totally see you doing like the I really feel like the private intensive style consulting stuff would be totally your jam because it's like more high level and like visionary and it's like verbal and it's easy to like do. It's also like condensed in terms of your time. And then definitely like, I think keep your course sounds like that's good. If you feel called to do more, do more. But I, if I was you, I think a blend in terms of business model for you would be that courses and like one-on-one kind of private intensives. How does that sort of feel for you? Uh, I feel like it feels great. Yes. Like I, I even opened it like, you know, touch up you know, sessions or maintenance mm-hmm. and, you know, follow up three months from now, you know, wherever they feel I need more help. 
but it, it takes off the pressure of needing to be there every week to make sure they're yeah. making progress. Totally. Okay, next question. You said, I often hear business coaches saying it's less hustle and less work once people break through blank barrier. What has the entrepreneurship journey felt like for you? Is it really less hustle once you found your genius and marketing system figured out? Anything you would have done differently? This is a really good question. Anything else you want to add or say? No, I was excited that I could ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I would say it's that sweet spot of kind of what we talked before. Very crystal clear target market very crystal clear offers you're making something that the people really want you're doing the work that is really in your genius and becoming really great at marketing and sales and then having that entrepreneurial energy slash desire in you i think those things together is what makes it break through that barrier of it being hard because i feel like i really found my flow once those were the things that were in place where i was like oh i really know what i'm doing and i really know who i'm serving and if people came to me i was like oh this is something i can totally solve and totally help you with versus like i can't do that um and when i was working one-on-one -on -one, it was like I, I was like oh i can really actually help these problems and then on the back end getting good at the marketing and sales. Cause usually when people are like, Oh, I'm putting it all out there and I don't think it's working. It's like, how much marketing are you doing? How much sales are you like doing? A business is mostly marketing in the early days until you get clients and it takes time for word of mouth to build. Um, I guess, yeah, following up on that. So if we're working in our genius zone, we have crystal clear clarity with who we're working with and we're working in a way that, you know, aligns with, with us and all that. So it flows a lot better. So I guess that would basically mean we've done our genius zone right. I guess I don't know how to ask this question. Like, when do we know we get it right? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. I feel like it's a continuous evolution, but I also kind of feel like it's a feeling. I think it's just that feeling of when you're in, when you're doing something and you're just that feeling of like, I could just do this for hours or like, you know what? I'm doing a really good job right now. Like, oh, this is going really, really well. Or like, I really like this. Um, I feel like it's that. I always feel like your genius is that kind of feeling. It's a feeling that you reach. And sometimes I feel like your genius might change over time or shift or you s fall out of love with certain things and fall in love with other kind of new activities. But it's sort of that like, oh, I just love this. I could keep doing this. When you're doing, for example, like working with clients one-on-one -on -one, or maybe it's building out a course or maybe it's building out a website for you or doing a podcast interview or getting interviewed. Whenever you're in those things where you're just like, oh, I feel like this feels really good. I could do this for hours. That's kind of how I would describe it. Oh, okay. I love that. Okay. Beautiful. It's a feeling. Okay. What was the most helpful thing for you today, Caroline? What would you think is like the top kind of takeaway that you feel like you've, you learned? Getting a business direction clarity, like in terms of the bigger vision, like, cause you understand, you know, not just the detailed business model, but also where is it heading after that? Like getting help with someone who's, who's gone through all that and can see the bigger picture of the future that helped a lot. I think I've tinkered back and forth with the domain name just getting you know clarity there and um the the hybrid business model to you know adapt to my personality and my needs like that that helped a lot perfect i'm so glad yay i'm so proud of you caroline um great questions this was so fun and this was so great thank you so much for your thoughtful detailed questions um i feel like yeah they were all so well articulated and well thought out so yeah i really appreciate you doing this with me um, and for sharing your episode on the podcast um and for letting this be recorded i so appreciate you uh, and i'm so grateful to have you in my community oh me likewise too thank you so much with this help like you've helped me simplify my business life so thank you 
You are so welcome. All right, my friends, and there you have it. That is the show for you today. I really hope you enjoyed this genius session with Caroline. I hope it was helpful for you and useful for you. If you want to know what your unique genius is in this world and you want to find your innate gifts and you want to put all those pieces together in order to, you know, do the work that sets your soul on fire, you can go to kellytrack.com books and order your copy of P.S. You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, written by uh, me. <laughs> so... If you are yeah, looking to figure out what you are uniquely talented at, what you are good at, um, and if you want a kind of a book that is um, a little unconventional and funny and weird, but also very straight to the point with lots of golden nuggets of wisdom around how exactly you find your genius, how you do that in a day-to-day -day scenario, including tips and tools of like what you want to do if you are positioning yourself for interviewing for careers, if you need to switch roles, find a new job, if you're in high school, if you want to start a business. We cover all of those juicy things inside of PS You're a Genius, and you can order your copy at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books, and I so hope uh, you get your hands on a copy. All right, talk to you soon. Bye! Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.